Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli. I'm Lorelai Weissel-Labrizzi. I'm Brian Dawes. And I'm Chris Delano. And today we're talking about the flavor gems of Streets of New Capenna. And let's, we got, a, we got a lot to talk about and there isn't really any other news, so let's just dive into it, shall we? Okay, that's easy. <laughs> we should do this mo- more often, honestly. Yeah, we should definitely not get sidetracked with a side conversation at the very beginning. That of the would never happen. It doesn't happen, but we should try and keep it from happening. I do want to mention that there are a bunch of events happening this. I'm not going to. I'm not going to sidetrack us. Let's just do flavor gems. We've got like three <laughs> pages worth of stuff here. It's like one page. Right, let's talk planeswalkers. <laughs> so there is, we've got Elspeth Resplendent, who I love the flapper girl design for Elspeth this time around. Uh, it just looks great, especially after the paladin armor that she's been in for i don't know a decade 12 years something like that uh yeah it's great so the cool thing about nda's lifting is i can finally scream to the world how much i freaking love the scale mail leggings they're so good it's like uh they did a great job with uh chandra on the vow with the wedding dress outfit and this is on the similar similar level Uh uh-huh we're finally leaving the space of having planeswalkers have like, you know, 50 of the same outfit in their closet <laughs> that they're always wearing. Like right. A cartoon character. I mean, we, we covered this last week, Jay. They have like a magical transformation spell that they do. It's like a whole like magical girl anime thing. Evan, the, the, the actual pronunciation would be like Chandra, but like I'm uh, people. Will J- know Jay I'm lost about. that battle a decade ago. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's I've given up on that. Even even Shivam calls her Chandra. Uh, <clears throat> we've also got Obnixilis in yeah. Pinstripes. Uh huh. I-, I love it. It l- looks great. I- I'm I'm a sucker for Pinstripes. Like I think he could have done without the shoulder pads, but hey, I'm not gonna be too mad. And I want to know what he does to get his wings in that suit. Like, uh, <laughs> h- how does that work, Jay? Magic. You don't. Do we see him from behind? Maybe there's just uh the the little flap in the back that's just cut all the way up for his wings. Oh, so it's like an open back kind of thing, like yeah. I mean, I mean, there's buttons involved, I'm sure, and I doubt he gets dressed by himself. He is the adversary. He has like a whole like family. But that leaves him open to backstabbing. You can't do that in these mob streets. Oh, believe me, if you backstab Obnixilis, you will die before you ever see that knife come out. He will drown you in six inches of water. That, that's fair. <laughs> no, Jay, he can't cast sleep with the fishes. He's not blue. <laughs> uh, we also have Vivian on the hunt, who I really like. Uh, they gave her a new design as she's like the P.I. of the set, which I really like. She's the gumshoe. Uh, she has a, a very noirish detective outfit, which is which is a pretty cool, pretty cool design to method to go with for her. God. Art direction to go for her. There we go. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, she looks great in the set and her abilities are also like really cool. Still don't quite know what she's doing here, but um, it works. They did a good job. I like her. Just uh, she's Vivian. She's here. You're all cows. Coward. Yeah, you're all cowards for not making a private dick joke. <sighs> in the 20s, dick was a slang for an investigator, it, yeah. mm-hmm. a detective. Yep. Yeah, it sure was. It sure was. Uh, it sure was. So, so, but what I what I also really like is the um her carrying case for the arcbow is very briefcase like. Um, yes. Yeah, and yeah. so it, it helps give her uh, a little bit more of that urban look, which I think is very cool. And she's got a nice little hat. Um. Yeah. No. So like, 
Again, like all three of these planeswalkers get to have a little more unique uh, clothing, and I think that's very cool. They also have like gorgeous alt art um, that just is absolutely beautiful looking. So, and uh, also to be clear, Vivian is here uh, in in the wake of Akoria. Um, she's kind of traveling the multiverse, uh, trying to find um, places where. Uh, nature and civilization uh, coexist in harmony. Uh, she thought Ikoria was going to be one of those places, and what she found was a city filled with people who really freaking hate monsters. Um, and and now what she's found on Nukapena is um, a city that really doesn't give nature the proper space to grow, where uh, it's all tailored and constructed. Um, and like the freer spaces for nature to exist like sewers and the undercity are you know forgotten and and ignored um and then she gets caught up in some other stuff we'll talk about in a bit okay we also have the five demons of the set the heads of the families these are the big cheeses uh we did not make a big cheese joke in this set and i really regret that that's a thing that didn't get in here. We'll see what Me happens <laughs> in... So, what Snippy is like, I wrote for the set, but I have nothing to do with alchemy. So, alchemy's maybe gonna hit a few more tropes, and I don't know what they are, and it's very frustrating. <laughs> I wanna know. <laughs> I wanna know things. Uh, so, we have Falco Spara, Pact Weaver, who is the Italian Falcon that's like <sighs> that's what he's doing here no i mean i mean no the they they committed some 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 war crime level puns in this set and i i'm here for it I'm, uh-huh i'm 100 percent here for it it's a set i worked on baby <laughs> i mean it is it is sort of uh based in the 1920s ish era so uh war crimes would be pretty popular among the italians so uh we also have Jetmir, nexus of revels completely ignored love it good energy <laughs> <laughs> oh man i none of my italian relatives were there in the 20s they were all in america by then so I, same here I have no comment on that yeah jet mirror's car perfectly wrote or like emphasizes hey he's the life of a party the more people that are there the better he is so and I, I'm, I'm digging his, his like the background looks like there's some explosions going on and his alternate art the the uh art deco version looks sweet as well Oh, all the Art Deco and the the gilded frames. By the way, I got to see when I was filming the intro video. I got to see some of the gilded frames. Oh my god! Oh my god! Get them, get them if you can. Like they're probably going to be ridiculously expensive, but they are so pretty. Yeah, the foils uh, look amazing. Like I have a foil Capretti charm, and it, it's oh, it looks so nice. Important thing about Jetmir: literal fat cat. Yeah, you know you do. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Another pun. Jetmir is a, another quite literal pun here. Uh, we also have Lord Xander, the collector, who figures heavily into the story. I don't think we need to talk about Xander, except he, spoilers, he gets got. So <laughs> next time we go to New Capenna, he's not going to be, we're going to have a new family head for the maestros. There's Rafine, scheming seer, who is a sphinx, who acts like she has more visions than she really does. And 
Zeodara, the incinerator. Also, I should note when I was filming for the thing, there were some of these names I overemphasized in the Italian accent. Uh, and they're like, can, can we take that again with you talking like a normal person, please, Jay? That's absolutely it. not. I'm sorry. As someone who has has done over 200 episodes of the show now, Jay, can, that's impossible ask of Jay. <laughs> Honestly, me or Jay, uh, we can't. Well, they, they, the amazing part is they, they, they hired me, flew me all the way out there, and at no point did anyone think to say, Jay, can you actually pronounce things? <laughs> we know that you cannot. <laughs> they, um, they, I actually, I got like a pronunciation guide for all of them and then forgot half of them. So anyway, <laughs> uh, worth noting that we do, uh, we got some, we got in article, one article, a singular one about legends uh, of New Capenna. Uh, there might be another one. Who knows? Because uh, there were a bunch of people missing. So by the time you listen to this, who knows? Uh, but we also today, as of the day of recording, so last Thursday for y'all, we got the Planeswalker Guide to New Capenna, which has just... Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Has so much information about yeah. the background of these families. Yeah. So if you're like, if you're sitting here going like, who is Falco Spara? What's going on with Xander? Who are these people? Go read that. It tells you everything you need to know. Uh, it's excellent. Gives you all sorts of background. One of my favorite Planeswalkers guides I think we've gotten in a while. Probably yeah, up there so with like a Coria. That one was written by Miguel, who uh, is one of the well, member of the creative team. Uh, but he did. So in a lot of cases, uh, Planeswalkers guides are like world guide text kind of stripped down a little bit and, and reformatted. Uh, Miguel went the extra mile with this one and like told a story through it and, and did, did some cool stuff with it. It's, it's pretty cool. Miguel's great. Go play Lancer, everybody. But yeah, so go read that. There's not a lot about the other legends, which we're about to talk about, but there's so much about the family heads. Uh, so uh, we did get a lot of legendary creatures uh, between the main set and the commander set. We are not going to talk about all of them. There's like a cycle at mythic, a cycle at rare, a cycle at uncommon. It's just a lot. Uh, but we've got... There's three cycles in the commander decks, too. Yeah. Um, so, but just, uh, starting us off, we've got Ginny J, Jetmere's second. She is the sort of second command of the Cabaretti. Ginny Faye, but yeah. Uh, she is Gianna's, uh, caretaker for most of the story and is there to lead, uh, Giada and whatnot and Elspeth and, uh, away from the place where they were getting attacked by, um, the maestros and the... Riveteers. No, it's just Riveteers. Um, but, like, I love her card. It's got a little cat and a dog in there, and it, like, it perfectly encapsulates what the card is doing for the most part. And I, I love how she looks in, in her art. And it's. The caracal is really good. So nice. It's funny because the Leonin in this set are also caracals. Uh huh. <laughs> we also have Enhalo the painter. Uh, he is the second in command in the Maestros. Uh, so so he and Ginny kind of have the mob trope of, like, the mob boss's right-hand person, uh, the mob lieutenant, uh, the, the person they trust. Um, and in Angela's case, is the person who takes over the family when the mob boss gets murdered. Spoiler alert. Um, and Halo also uh, supports lesbians because he has a lesbian daughter who gets married in the story and, and it's great yeah speaking of that lesbian daughter uh and the um the, the the lesbians in general uh happy lesbian visibility week by the way 
Uh, I can see you. Um, we also got cards for Toulouse, Clever Conductor, and I'm Evelyn f- the Covetous, who are who are both in that same story with Angelo. Um, we also got a, st- uh, a card for Angelo's daughter, Erin, which we'll uh, talk about a little bit later because she is directly involved with uh, some of the more criminal activities in the set. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, I will also note Parnas, her wife, also has a card in the commander deck. Yes, so we got the whole story, actually, and uh-huh. that story, uh, we're going to talk about that in probably a week, two weeks uh, on the podcast, and that is probably my favorite short story we've gotten in a very long time, and definitely my favorite of the set, which is uh, Family Man. So good. Definitely I love that it. show. Oh, my God. <laughs> At any time we get more than, like, two or three of us on this podcast, it just goes off the rails. Oh, I'm the worst. All right, keep going. Henzy Toolbox Tori, let's go. <laughs> Henzi, Henzi Tubak Store. They they said I couldn't say it like that. Um, that's really all I wanted to say. They said I couldn't say it like that. <laughs> well, no, okay. Oh my god. Ah, he, so he appears in. He's in at least one of the stories. Um, I think he appears in another one, but the 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 Riveteers did not get their own side story this time around. Uh, so that Vivian and Urabrask could get a side story. Uh, so the the Riveteers play the antagonist. Uh, in a lot of the stories, they are antagonistic. I mean, I guess everyone's an antagonist in this set, but um, they're a lot of fun. I really like the Riveteers. They're they're my favorite family flavor wise. They're so. the best family. Work that was right. That would be my that would be my family. So <laughs> also also specifically, Henzi Toolbox story is the the trope space of the mobster with a nickname. Mm-hmm. Although there are a few of those, yeah, there's uh, we, there's one in flavor text, um, Brickwall Balzano. Uh, so like it, there's a, a a couple instances of that where where we yeah. get to have the, those fun little fun little nickname moments. And then we have uh, Kit Canto, and Kit Canto is from the last story or side story. Uh, where she is trying to get to the cabaretty ball and is running away from a bunch of riveteers who know that she has stolen the, or she is transporting a, a bunch of different goods, aka Halo. And her story's a trip. It, it's 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 a it's a hoot, and she has a lot of sass. And it, it's one of those. She's a, definitely a character. I hope we get more of next time we go to a new Capenna. Um, but it, it's. She, she's a blast. I love her story. Also, the trope space of the lounge singer who's buddy-buddy with one of the mob bosses, in this case, Jetmere. Yeah, her story is really good. I, I I loved it from beginning to end. I think my my comment on it was, this story is just the cat's pajamas. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Worth noting, uh, also a pun name, because, you know, she's a cat and her name is Kit. Just, yeah. And she's a that. singer and her name is Kanto. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kanto. Kanto. Sure, Jay. No, I, I got <laughs> corrected on this. It's Kit Kanto, not Kit Kanto. I understand Kanto that. Is a region in Pokemon. I will never trust the way you pronounce anything, Jay. Kanto is a region in Pokemon. But, uh, yeah, anyway. Fabine, boss's confidant. This is the trope space of the mob shrink. Uh, the, the, the psych that, that helps the mobsters, uh, you know, feel less guilty about all the crimes they do. That's, that's it. Which means she also knows about all the crimes that they do, which yeah. makes her uh, very much a uh, liability, but also a good asset if you're the, uh-huh. the other family. There's also Oscar Rubbish Reclaimer, who is, he's, he's Oscar the Grouch, people. Like, he's, he's, he's a Sesame Street character. 
His name is Oscar. He digs through the trash in the city. He's Oscar the Grouch. Uh huh. That's all I have to say about it. All right. Story spotlights. The, the Sesame Streets of New Capenna. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we we got eleven story spotlight cards. Uh, technically, technically eleven, but I see on our agenda that some have been added that are not technically story spotlight cards. So I see y'all. Uh, but I will I will run us through some of them. Uh, in order of the story, because this is now broad I, I order for some of broad these order. beginning ones. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Meeting of the Five is a story spotlight and also a real interesting design of a card. Um, <laughs> it is uh, the Meeting of the Five Families. It's all of them together. So we know it's not actually, you know, happening in the story. It's pre-story beat. It's the setting. Yeah, it's the setting. Uh, then we have an offer you can't refuse. So this is Lord Xander offering a job to Elspeth, which she needs it because she needs information and also she needs a job. Uh, and she can't refuse it because, like, she really needs that information. Uh, we have Giada, Font of Hope, who we know is introduced pretty early on in the story as a very interesting character we don't know a lot about, who later turns out to be literally the font. Um, then we have Urabrask, Heretic Praetor, who shows up in the main story and the side stories, uh, he's here for reasons. Listen to our podcast episodes about the stories. Uh, then we have Hostile Takeover. So this is where everything starts okay. going oh. south. Hmm? We can at least say that Urbrask is here specifically with Tezzeret trying to like figure out a resistance to Elishnorn. He's very specifically like, hey, actually, Elishnorn is bad and I don't want to I don't want to do what the rest of Phyrexia is doing. And so, hey, some of y'all planeswalkers should help me revolt. Yeah, we can say that or we can tell people to listen to our podcast where we talk about all of this. That makes our podcast uh, sound like a pyramid scheme. Uh, who <laughs> <What>? says it's <laughs> not? <laughs> Anyways. It says the set for it. Um, <laughs> we also have a hostile takeover. So like I said, this is where everything goes south. Uh, this is, so we know that uh, Obnixilis is here doing some some crimes, some criminalness, uh, and he's taking over the five families and he does it at the Cabaretti uh, crescendo. And so that's hostile takeover. Uh, and then Dun dun dun! Murder. Yeah. <laughs> this is where Lord Xander is pushed off of the roof of his own uh, museum and is killed by Mob Nixilis. Yeah, and they do a fun thing with the art where you don't see uh, Mob Nixilis doing the murder, so it's like that noir space where, like, you see the guy get shot, but you don't see who does it, and then you have to figure it out who done it. Uh, we we know it was Mob Nixilis. Um, so then after that. Uh, structural assault. There's a bunch of you know riveteers just taking taking hammers and stuff to the city, causing lots of problems. This this is specifically at the the Van Vantalone. Jay, what's the the Vantalione? Yeah, uh, the big the big party. Uh, the, this is when uh, oh the crescendo. The yeah, crescendo. yeah, yeah, yeah. At the, at the crescendo. Well, the crescendo is the festival. Um, right. It's like the New Year's party. But yeah, th this is this is where the Cabaretti show off Giada and all the families are there uh and chaos ensues yeah and then uh getting away from that in a daring escape is elspeth with giada and that makes elspeth the most wanted so there's there's the next part, <laughs> uh person on new capenna uh they run away they end up finding themselves at a big church uh and giada has a revelation of power where she realizes hey i think i'm one of them angel folks uh and she turns into an angel kind of ascending to something uh and when she does that, she leaves behind 
uh, Luxior, Giada's Gift, which is uh, Elspeth's new sword with Halo powers. I'm sure that'll be useful. Uh, and then that's the end of the official story spotlight cards, but we have a couple more here that I think are uh, explaining some story elements. The first of which is Soul of Emancipation, where like, basically we see all of these angels being being resurrected or something out of these statues that are in this church. And this is something that is hinted at at the end of the story, but not directly stated. But you have to look at the art of the cards and kind of take some context clues from it to realize that's what's happening, to get the understanding of that the angels are returning to Capenna. The next one we have is Majestic Metamorphosis, which is a image of the angels actually waking up, breaking out of the statue. And I was very annoyed that this didn't get previewed till the dump at the end because people are like, well, how are the angels back? Which is fair. The story hints at it, but too subtly in hindsight. I, I don't even know if that, that should be qualified as a hint. We got something out of it, but yeah. It- anyway, this is this is the more clear like this is this is what happened. Uh, in the after the story. Yes. Should it have been an epilogue? Maybe. What's what's the card? Um the green that card that kills flyers broken wings broken wings yeah uh that's the one that explains that like the angels have been waking up recently and the demons have been killing them to try and keep their resurrection a secret so that they can keep making halo and and stuff so uh but you know the end of the story they all kind of wake up at once which is why we see angels in the set all right let's talk about crimes crimes there are, there's so many crime cards. There, there's just the whole set is all about crimes. By Your Silence is a great one. Uh, where This is the one where they've got like the actual like he's, he's got an actual like muzzle on him. Yes, uh, his, his mouth is like a bunch of gems. Uh, he's a glitter grin. <laughs> uh, you know, this is paying paying people to keep quiet about crimes. I like that this is this is where another one of those nicknames is is Mikey the Mouth kept his nickname after he struck a deal with Gregorio even though he never spoke another word cuz you know he's probably nicknamed the Mouth for talking too much mm-hmm. and then he was nicknamed the Mouth cuz his face is full of like magic gems and he can't uh-huh. actually talk anymore. Uh we also have hold for ransom which is you know a literal crime. Um <laughs> ransoming people is not legal. Everyone take everyone take notes. Yes, take notes about what Also, is- when, it, when it comes to things that are legal or not, remember that our podcast is not the final say in this. Always check with your local laws uh, on uh, whether or not these things are legal or not. Yes. So, uh, for all I know, holding people for ransom is legal in your area. So, uh, check with a lawyer. I'm not going to um, presume. Uh, but I thought this was a particularly <laughs> clever card because it is the sort of like pacifism variant of the set, except it gives you a... Uh, an option to pay a bunch of mana to sacrifice hold for ransom you know paying the ransom to to get your card back our next one isn't i'm not so sure is entirely a crime it's patch up uh it's basically the trope of the mob doctor doing surgery on a mobster and you know in this case bringing a bunch of low power creatures back to to your uh back to life and uh you know this flavor text is basically saying, hey, don't tell me anything. I don't want to know. Just let me do my job and be gone. And then I'll be out of your hair. The the, the sketchy back alley doctor to fix your mob guys so they're not on a hospital record is 100% a crime. I mean, it's not a crime to be a doctor, but it might be a crime to, you know, doctor up some of these criminals. Uh, 
I just think about the John Wick scene anytime I look at this when when John Wick goes to the the doctor and he's like, "Oh, I can't help you," and then he helps him, and then John Wick has got to like shoot him to like make it look like he was forced. Anyways, <laughs> that's John good too. Just for a fly. Yeah, they all blur together in my mind. I literally don't know a difference between any of them. I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the next up is Speakeasy Surfer. So if you don't know what a Speakeasy is, back during the Prohibition era, they were kind of covert illegal bars where people could go to drink, even during the Prohibition when it was illegal. I guess, in case anybody here listening is not American, Prohibition was an era uh, during the 1920s where it was <laughs> illegal 100% nationwide to make and serve and buy and consume alcohol. It's a straight-up band. Uh, and so it people people uh, did it anyway in excessive amounts. Uh, like, like my grandparents, great-grandparents. They, they, they were bootleggers. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. If you are an Italian-American uh, whose family has been in this country for, you know, a hundred-some-odd years, uh, there's a very good chance that one of your relatives, perhaps <laughs> one of your ancestors, met their love of their life at a speakeasy. You only exist because of that, probably. Uh-huh. So uh, just a heads up. Uh, that's I think that's why I'm here. You know, I'm not going to say anything about my family on a on a public podcast, but there's a chance. My grandma referred to Al Capone as such a nice man. So that's, <laughs> that's where my family's coming from. All right. Uh, we got- uh, Also, I should note, we see uh, Halo. Obviously, Halo is a Prohibition era analog here. Uh, sort we, of. I mean, at least we on this sort of, sort of. Uh, we on this podcast are all adults. Allegedly. <laughs> I think we can all understand why Wizards does not want you serving fake alcohol to minors or at events with minors. Uh, right? Like, that, that makes sense to people. People acted real weird about that. If you want, if you want proof that we're all adults, uh, I, I was talking to someone today and, and was informed that, uh, they had heard Nirvana on a classic rock radio station. Uh, Nirvana, oh, Nirvana's me. first album came out in 1989. That's after I was born. So uh, ooh, I'm, I'm officially old. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Case of the Joint is slang for um, pre-planning a heist or something like that. Like you're, you're checking it out to see what the what the security situation is, where the valuables are kept, that kind of thing. Make disappear is slang for killing somebody. There's a whole lot of <laughs> slang for killing somebody. Yep, in this we set, we did way. it a lot. Uh, we have a cute little story with expendable lackeys, sleep with the fishes, and exotic pets. Uh, sleep with the fishes is, again, slang for killing somebody. Uh, this is also the mob trope of the expendable lackey. Uh, hey, go do this crime, but you know, you're basically the red shirt on the mafia, and so you're gonna die. And the exotic pets of the uh, we're gonna kill you and feed you to your pet. Uh, except in in this version of the story, it's fish, which is cute and fantasy. Uh, but rest in peace, Altonio. You uh Yep, you're dead. <laughs> you lived and died in flavor text. Good job, Altonio. No pigs on uh on New Cabana or in New Cabana. Our next card is Witness Protection, and I took this one just because Jay uh, probably would have claimed it. So I just want to say that no matter what uh, Jay says, that Krinko is not a legitimate businessman, and it, because it cannot fit in a Krinko deck, therefore, 
he's not a legitimate businessman. Best piece of trinket text. Hey, 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 Brian, quick question for you. Uh-huh. What the fuck? <laughs> oh my god. Whoa! <laughs> Jay! <laughs> Why would you attack me on this level, Brian? Why would you attack Jay. me on this, this level? This is justice for Eladamra, even though you repented. <laughs> Listen, the first person I'm I'm gonna be going to Command Fest Richmond on Saturday. The first person who casts uh witness protection on Krenko, I with consent am going to hug you so fast, it's ridiculous because it, it'll finally make Krenko a legitimate business person. <laughs> I don't even care if I lose. It's, it's, it's beautiful. That is the way I want to lose every game. I'm just still here aghast. Jay, I'm the one who swears on this show. <laughs> you can't steal my niche. I was a firefighter for like 12 years. Do you know how much I have to hold? No, we're not at the firefighter card yet. Okay, next point. Wiretapping. Wiretapping is when you bug a phone. Uh, by the way, wiretapping is one of the hideaway cards. There are a cycle of them at Rare. They're all crimes. Um... Rabble rousing is not a crime. I mean, technically it is. If if you are inciting or deliberately inciting a riot yeah, in, totally in the eyes of the law, that is a crime, whether it's for legitimate or illegitimate reasons. Uh, I don't know if the story of the those five, that cycle of crime cards is going to be told anywhere. Uh, I assume Rosewater is going to have an article about it. Uh, I, I really hope somebody gets to talk about the design of the crime cards because they were a doozy. Anyway, <laughs> funny fact, we also have a reprint, the first ever yeah. reprint time, of a Portal 3 Kingdoms card in this set in Corrupt Court Official, which is incredible that we're able to fit a reprint from perfect. Portal 3 Kingdoms into the, it's just a perfect thing. So perfect. like a corrupt, in the original set of Portal 3 Kingdoms, Corrupt Court Official was referencing the court of, you know, the political monarch style emperor position here it's just a literal court like a, a courthouse like a court of law yeah and so this is a corrupt court of law official and he's wearing a blindfold which i think is just incredible because you know justice, justice is, blind. is blind except you know <laughs> they're receiving bribes you can see like on their desk is a bunch of gifts uh i love it also the flavor text is an elspeth quote i wouldn't call what they have here a justice system more like an auction <laughs> yeah um we also man it's a good thing we don't experience that with our fair and balanced system <sighs> so uh in more fun terms we also have crooked custodian which is one of my favorite flavor texts in this set so crooked custodian shows a, a big ogre with a rolled up what looks like a rug with some feet sticking out of it over his uh, over their shoulder uh and the flavor text is nothing to see here just carrying a carpet Yes, the carpet wears boots. Stop asking questions. <laughs> this is how you dispose of bodies. Yeah. More, more, more mafia media tropes. Yeah, like the amount, I think the amount of times media has shown a body being disposed of in a rug exceeds the number of times it's probably happened in real life. Oh, almost certainly. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's not like one of the most common murder tropes out there, crime tropes out there. Uh, we also got we got cut of the profits, which is they're literally cutting someone up <laughs> instead of divvying out profits. They're cutting someone up to pull gold out of them. Aren't this weight in gold? <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's gross. Legit cut of the profits, I think, is the most unsettling art in the set. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. It is fantastic body horror. Uh, that's a uh, Donatello Giancarlo, right? 
the uh, the artist Donato. Uh, Donato. 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 Yeah. Uh, excellent artist. Does hands better than anyone else in Magic. And boy, are they creepy. Um, <laughs> then we have uh, Incriminate. And Incriminate is one of my favorites. I think it is uh-huh. an excellent card. I I can see it being reprinted into future sets. And even though it has such like a specific crimey name. Uh, Incriminate. You choose two target creatures controlled by the same player. That player sacrifices one of them. And then the flavor text is, if I were you, I'd check that elf's coat. I saw him slipping something into his pocket just before you <laughs> arrived. Uh, Crandall, freelance instigator. Freelance instigator. Which uh-huh. uh, and the art shows uh, someone discovering a dead body while behind them is like a little devil sticking a knife into their pocket. It's it's so good. I I love it. Uh, yeah, there are there are a lot of really good job titles that we thought of for creative text. I don't remember if legitimate art salesman got in there, um, but uh, I didn't see that. Yeah, on my review of them. Yeah, is good. Our next card is Rogues Gallery, which is which depicts uh, a lineup of a number of varied individuals of different heights, weights, sexes, and uh, all manner of descriptions uh, in a lineup for what looks to be a police lineup mm-hmm. and the basically the flavor text is saying between the five of them they committed every crime on the books and have invented a few of their own but it looks like they're in a police station and someone's probably behind some glass trying to point out who committed who did what crime and it, it's that that's a huge trope in uh, crime shows mm-hmm Especially the the lineup there, like if you think about the like the usual suspects or mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. it's just very iconic imagery. It's also it's it's uh, one one person from each family. Uh, rogues gallery is also a tropey phrase of uh, when when you talk about uh, you know a, a hero a hero's series of villains is the rogues gallery, like the Sinister Six or Spider Man or yeah. all of Batman villains. That comes from, like, back in the day when they had photos of, like, known criminals in the area, and they'd have them all together, have all those photos together, that'd be, like, their rogues gallery. And it got reappropriated for comics and his... But I, I love the use here. It's really great. Uh, whack is more slang for murdering someone. <laughs> uh, calling a professional is something you do when you want, uh... Someone to, you know, you could want them to kill someone, but in this case, it looks like you're calling in a professional to commit some arson. Slang for preparing to kill someone. <laughs> yep, there's a bunch of those. Our next card is light them up, and it's literally just someone shooting someone with finger guns, because on New Capenna, well, <laughs> apparently finger guns are a thing, and there's some magic that goes along with that, and that, that person is just shooting them off, and it's great. It's genuinely one of my favorite bits of world building for new. Uh, yes, uh, it's the the maestro's muzzle flash magic. Uh, they shoot like energy blasts out of their cuffs. Uh, so in uh, I believe it's the first story, uh, main set story. Um, when Xander is dressing up in Halo, he gives him um special cuffs for his suit. Uh, I I believe I believe specifically mentions silenced cuffs. Um, it's great. Uh, <laughs> I missed that. I somehow missed that. That's that's great. It was early in the set, and he didn't know as much about the muzzle flash magic, but it was a really really cool detail. Um, yeah, definitely. Like once the whole set is out and you've looked over it, going back and reading the story and being able to like see all the other details that you didn't know yet from the set is cool. Um, 
as a person who knows the set before the story, um, yeah, there's like some little details like that strewn throughout the stories that are really rewarding. Yeah, you also see the uh, the finger guns magic and arcane bombardment, which is a really powerful enchantment uh, that uh, shows someone shooting off with both hands over and over again. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sticky fingers is slang for a person who uh, is a pickpocket. Uh, if if you're if you're good at uh, picking pockets, you are said to have sticky fingers. Yeah, it's it's slang for for stealing. Uh, if you're if you're not, especially if English is the first language, you might not have heard that one before. Strangle, not is... really slang for killing someone, just actually killing someone. Actually, it's a method. <laughs> it's a method. it's yeah. also the art is really great. The flavor for this one is really great because it goes into the trope of choking someone with their own jewelry. Mm-hmm. Like this happens in mob movies a lot. Mm-hmm. Like someone's getting prepared, and then all of a sudden someone's behind them and. <clears throat> And then they die. Uh, and and is specific like choking someone through jewelry and, and visually is also specifically invoking the image of a garrote, which is you know the the wire that you wrap around someone's neck and, and choke them with, uh, which is again a mob slash assassination thing. Uh, bootlegger stash bootlegging is when you uh, illegally move uh, generally beverages. Uh, in you know, in in prohibition, this was the people who illegally transported alcohol uh, from uh, you know distributors to um, speakeasies and stuff, and and so your your stash, your secret stash, is uh, where you keep all your goods. Yeah, it's also the term for the people who who made the illicit alcohol. Yes, we have fight rigging. Uh- Fight rigging is a crime. Just don't do it. <laughs> I mean, don't, if, maybe. If you're in a position. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's one of those, uh, fight rigging is one of the hideaway cards. They're all, they're all crimes, but uh, it's just, you know, it's something very common in, in the, the stories of uh, organized crime is rigging fights because, you mm-hmm. know, you want to you wanna make a bunch of money, you bet a whole bunch of money on someone, and then you... Uh, pay off the other guy to lose. And then you might spend some money paying off the person to uh, you know rig the fight, which will make a lot more money on your bet. Yeah. Often with these tropes, you see the guy who's been paid to lose get, get a conscious and then not throw the fight like he's supposed to. Sometimes. Then it ends up to getting him and his family uh, hurt or killed. So. Uh, Glittermonger is one of my favorite uh, cards uh, flavor wise. He's selling you set. a Bolex. So yeah, so so he he's like literally the street hawker who who's selling you um, uh, counterfeit watches. Uh, except if you if you look very closely in the art here, uh, those are Moxon. Uh, he he's literally oh God, hawking. He's literally hawking <laughs> counterfeit Moxon um, because oh he gives you a treasure which can make any color mana. Like he can sell you whatever, but it's not actually a Mox. Um, it is a zero cost mana artifact, though, and, but it's kind of it's fantastic. That's I didn't, I oh didn't God, notice that. That's, that's awesome. That's amazing. The next card that we have is Jewel Thief, who is literally breaking out of a jewelry store carrying a bunch of. Uh, it looks like a safe that might be filled with jewels, but like the, the the flavor tag says they can afford the loss. They build it into their prices, and it's mm-hmm. because basically the card when it comes into play. Uh, you have a but it creates a treasure. Me personally, I I think it should have just whenever it deals combat damage, it creates a treasure. But that's just me. But either way, it's it's a sweet card, and I love the way that it just with the the guy just breaking out of the, the shop with the treasure in his arms. Endless detour is a trope of uh, you know sometimes if you wanna uh, get a you know maneuver a vehicle into 
a position where it's not supposed to be in order to do a crime on it, usually either crash it or, you know, uh, get it stopped somewhere where you can unload some machine guns into it. Uh, you can set up barricades in the street, either, uh, you know, paying off construction people or sometimes you leave a car parked somewhere. Uh, and, and that's just com a common mob tactic of isolating a vehicle. Um, and uh, scheming fence. Uh, a fence is uh, someone who helps you sell illicit merchandise. Uh, yeah, when you when you steal something, you then sell it to a fence, mm -hmm. who is the one who resells it in order to make the money off. Yeah, you usually in some kind of money laundering scheme. Um, but yeah, hel helps you move goods. God, the equipment, the weapons are so good. <laughs> yeah, so there's like a there's a whole series of equipment, uh, not including Luxior, uh, that are all you know pretty archetypical criminal equipment so we've got the arc spitter which is like a tommy gun but with lightning because you know we don't have guns and magic but we got lightning um we've also got a just straight up brass knuckles uh-huh which is great especially because with brass knuckles uh when you cast the spell you copy it so you get two sets of brass knuckles you, you got two hands hand. uh and as long as you have two or more equipment you get double strike so if you put brass knuckles on each hand you, you get double strike uh, then we have, of course, cement shoes, which I think are just incredible. They don't really fit what I expect cement shoes to do, but, uh, you know, it's the old trope of, uh, you, you take the guy, you put his feet in some wet cement, you let it dry, you toss him over the side of the, the pier, and, uh, that body's not floating up anytime soon. Uh, it will eventually float up, by the way. That's not the most effective way to get rid of a body, but it'll float up without feet. Um, <laughs> Fun thoughts. Yeah, but by then, but by then. But by then. By then, by then, Chris. By yeah. Then. yeah. Uh, and then Quick Draw Dagger, which is just a switchblade, kind of. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's just a switchblade. It's a magical switchblade. Yep. Love it. We have a Chrome Cat, which is kind of the trope of the Mafia boss's pet. Um, except, you know, this is the fantasy version, which is like an artificial cat. Um, Ominous Parcel is... Uh, Chopping off a body part. What's in the box? And mailing it to your enemy. Uh, and just, it's done here with uh, some horns. Uh, From a demon, yep. It's great. Yep. It's wonderful. I mean, it's bad. It's bad, but also it's great. Uh, and then the commander deck. We have Jailbreak. Breaking out of jail. That's self-explanatory. Smuggler's Share is great. It's got uh, some of the raccoon folk, and they are... Uh, they are tapping into <laughs> some of the halo being stored, uh, and they've all got a very bootleggery, southern bootleggery outfit, I should say. Like, they're planning to make some halo moonshine. Uh-huh. They're, they're taking their cut. Uh, into Deep is the, uh, you know, we, we saw this with Temeshi in uh, Neon Dynasty. Into Deep is... is uh, someone who usually shoots straight, uh, get involved with some, some criminal activity and gets in over their head and gets killed. And so they become a clue. This is a person literally turning into a chalk outline. They draw around <laughs> the corpse, um, which is great. Uh, dogged detective, I guess technically is anti-crime, but, uh, you know, dogged detective is the trope of the private investigator who's, uh, the noirish, uh, hard-boiled detective, uh, trope, um. Protection racket is just a protection racket. Hey, give us money and we'll protect you. If you don't give us money, we'll break your knees. That's just the card. Waste management is great because a lot of uh, mobs are into the waste management business for a variety of reasons. Oh, it That's makes it really easy, trouble. really easy to dispose of bodies. Also, you launder money that way. 
it's super easy to launder money. Yeah, through trash business. Because who's who's gonna come like inventory your trash? Come come to the Vorthos cast for all your money laundering tips. <laughs> turf war is, you know, obviously you fight over their territories, turf. Uh what's smugglers buggy? I don't know why that one's on here. Be smuggling. This this is oh, like smug- Yeah. S- smuggling is is like bootlegging. This is illegal. <laughs> Another thing illegal, everyone. <laughs> Maybe in your area, probably. Smuggling would be illegal. Uh Spiteful Repossession is a really fun card. That's a I love the flavor of that one. Oh uh, yeah, that's uh hey, we're construction workers, but we're also criminals, and we built you this house, but you didn't pay us, so we're gonna unbuild your house. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what the Riveteers do. I love it. Yeah. Uh, uh but next we got into cards for the city. Yeah, so there's like a whole bunch of city tropes as well. Uh ones that we can't really get from like Ravnica, because, you know, there's a lot of like traffic jam in Ravnica makes sense. But there's other things that are purely Nuka Pinin. Uh One of my favorite ones is Citizen's Crowbar. It's a crowbar. Um, that's that's the, the end of mm-hmm. that one. Uh, we also get, and I mentioned her earlier, Errant, street artist. Lesbian. Which I love. Lesbian, very much. Um, also, just lovely character. Loved her story. She is the daughter of Angelo, the painter, which I love. While her father is doing, you know, these masterful traditional works of art. Errant is a graffiti artist. She's out mm-hmm. on the streets. She's tagging stuff. She's putting up her graffiti. Uh, love that card. I love the fact that she has zero power, so you can't sacrifice her to casualty for any value um, because you shouldn't be sacrificing Errant because she's lovely. Uh, she She's the Banksy of this set. Uh, I mean, yes. Part, part of the lore is that like most people don't actually know who she is or what she looks like. They know the name Errant and they know the art associated with it, but they don't know that it's like her and her face. Well, uh, she's really cool. And she's also in that story, The, the Family Man, uh, by K. Arsenault Rivera, who has written two magic weddings now. Two for two. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, <laughs> The most, I can safely say, the most magic weddings of any author. Not just magic, specifically vampire weddings. Parnassus is a vampire. That's true. Just specifically vampire weddings. Uh, This one's got lesbians. Hopefully the next one will also be uh, a queer vampire wedding. Um, Then we have a couple of cards that are two of my favorites, which are sort of the the wildlife of the city. Uh, We have Rooftop Nuisance and Sewer Crocodile. Uh, Rooftop Nuisance being a reference to, you know, pigeons. Um, uh-huh. just all over the place in any city you go to. Uh, these pigeons are, are driving someone uh, literally off the roof. Um, and then we have the sewer crocodile, because in every major city, there is some rumor that there are uh, crocodiles. Always an urban legend. Yeah, someone someone gets a baby crocodile, and then as they get big, they flush it down the toilet, or this or that, and then there's the rumors of a sewer monster. Uh-huh. Uh, Exhibition Magician is our, like, 1920s era vaudeville stage magician, uh, also known as Magician the Gatherer. There (sighs) are so many magicians in noir and murder mystery stuff. It's ridiculous. Like, it's a huge trope, so I love Mm -hmm. that it's here. Uh, Goldhound is a gold greyhound. Well, no, it's a goldhound. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in the 1930s, it was uh, Lincoln's the Lincoln Automobile's um, hood ornament, mm-hmm. and so it shows up in a lot of period pieces, especially around mobsters set around that era, because Lincoln's were luxury cars. We also got a card for Jackhammer. Just It's a jackhammer. It's a jackhammer. It's going to make a lot of noise right outside your window while you're trying to sleep in the morning. 
Uh, that's how that works. Uh, then we, we also get Evolving Door, and I just put it on the list because I can't look at that card without groaning. Uh, it's just a pun on Revolving Door mixed uh-huh. with the, the evolving trope of uh, green cards that let you sacrifice a creature and get something one greater. Uh-huh. It's... This one does color, which is appropriate for a three-color set. You, you get something with one more color. It's just, it, it's too good of a name to pass up. You, oh, it's a groaner. It's, it's such a groaner. <laughs> um, we also got a high-rise Jack, which is a person with a chainsaw. They just, they have a chainsaw. They're clearing some some tree growth, I'm guessing. Uh, I just, you know, it's it's fun. I like it. A ceremonial groundbreaker is a shovel, but also is like a ceremonial shovel, like a ceremonial pair of scissors to like cut a ribbon to open a thing. It's just this like gesture key to the city type crap. Very different shovel from the ones in uh, in Innistrad block. Uh huh. Uh, a civil servant is just a politician. This is the you know our, <laughs> Gotham is going to hell, but I'm running for mayor, and we're going to have a newer, brighter <laughs> city, and that it's not going to happen. You're in the pocket of one of the crime bosses. Uh, Snooping Newsy is the investigative journalist, um, uh, doing all kinds of uh, sneaking around trying to find secrets to publish in the news. Uh, the the intrepid reporter is another no- noir trope uh, of this era. And Newsy is slang from the era for yes. that. Either intrepid reporter or like the kids who sell you the newspapers mm-hmm. are also referred to as Newsies. Our next card is Stimulus Package, and this card is super sweet. Basically, hey, if you pay people, people will, like you'll have a expanded population, allegedly. Yeah, U.S. <laughs> federal government. Remember, remember when uh, Kamala Harris was like two thousand dollars a month until the pandemic is over, and then three months after, and we didn't get that at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember when we thought the pandemic would be over? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, chorus line, uh, another another nineteen twenties um, performance trope. Uh, you know, this is the big fancy chorus line, and um, yeah, that's just the thing. Uh, Life of the party, just. Fantastic name. It is a literal party elemental. Life of the party. It's a party come to life. It's a party elemental. Ha ha. Uh, <laughs> first responder is a term for uh, like police and firefighters, usually firefighters uh, and EMS, emergency medical services. And this is a card of an actual firefighter. Uh-huh. We had fairgrounds responder or something like that in Kaladesh. But this is the first time we get like a legit firefighter complete with like the um i was gonna say tyvar suit (laughs) (laughs) like tyvar i forget the name of the material now but like the fireproof suit with an axe and Mm -hmm. everything which i love uh best soul nourisher runs a soup kitchen uh a pretty typical thing you'd see on the streets uh especially after uh 1929 which is uh what happened in 1929 capitalism failed uh just as all the communists predicted uh and uh there were a lot of poor people it's the Great Depression. It sucked. But why didn't they lift themselves up by their bootstraps? I'm going to kick you off the show. Because they were, lifting they were people by your bootstraps. <laughs> lifting yourself by your bootstrap is physically impossible. That's why. Uh, Denry Clinn, editor-in-chief, runs a newspaper. Because we have newspapers. Normal city things. There are several newspapers, actually. Uh-huh. There are like four or five, according to Denry's entry in the Legends document. Nice. Uh, but Denry runs the uh, Kapenin Herald, I think. The Kapenin Herald? I don't know. Um, our next card, a boxing ring, uh, which is 
clearly a boxing ring. And it, I, I, I want to think that this is just the actual ring that stays in Viator's hideout, which is a land. Um, but There's a lot of boxing rings in the city. There's also a handful of boxers in the set. Boxing was incredibly popular in the 20s. Still is pretty popular, depending on who you ask. Flavorfully, the boxing ring only lets uh, creatures in the same weight class fight each other. Yes, it's great. Uh, and you get paid for fighting. Uh, my uh, my favorite uh, random flavor gem that we're adding in here is masked bandits because it's uh, they're raccoon folks and they're rogues and they're <laughs> raccoons and they've got little masks and they're so cute and they're gonna stab you <laughs> if if you are not from the. North North America or the northern tip of South America, Mac, masked bandits is a common nickname for. Also, trash panda and a bunch of others are common nicknames for raccoons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, masked bandits is what fits for uh, the set theme. Uh, Broker's veteran has flavor text that talks about how he's going to take one more job before he retires. Note that this card has a death <laughs> trigger. Um, this this is. <laughs> Uh, this is the tro- the brokers are the paladins of the set. So uh, yes, they're criminals, but they're the closest thing to cops. This is the uh, uh, I'm I'm gonna do one last job before I retire, and then I get murdered on that job. Job, it's very tragic. That's a uh, again common noir trope. Oh my god, it is the like one of the most common tropes of all time. Like any action thing, someone is gonna retire. You know, bad things are gonna happen to them. They bring up retirement at all. Uh, the manifest token has a great. Uh, reference to uh so cryptic pursuit that kind of uh mysterious stranger vibe uh that you know um shadowy man who helps you uh this is seen a lot like for a lot of you youngins you might know this from fallout where if you if your luck is high enough or you get really lucky the mysterious stranger shows up and just like random guy shows up and shoots someone for you and then is just gone uh it's it's that exact trope which i really enjoy here uh, Riveteer's Ascendancy is a uh, fantasy version of a really famous photo from the 1920s called uh, Lunch Atop a Skyscraper, uh, which was taken definitely before there were safety standards, uh, where it's a bunch of people on a girder eating their lunches way up on top of a skyscraper they're building. Uh, and then Forge Boss. I really like Forge Boss because of the flavor text here. Big furnace like this can reduce anything to ash. You got something you need to reduce stash. Uh, and furnaces are a popular way in media to get rid of bodies. However, we should note that the um, ignition point of bones is much higher than the rest of the body. So mm-hmm. sometimes this is a, presumably a magical furnace or a magical forge that will get high enough. Uh, but that doesn't always work out for people. And I know that because I was a firefighter and not for other reasons. Allegedly. Get, get some more tips on how to dispose of bodies from the Vorthos cast. <laughs> anyway, we're going to leave off on high point uh, only because I forgot a card. Uh, take to the streets, uh, which is the, uh, you know, riding in the streets because a bank uh, has closed its doors. This is the stock market crash Great Depression card with the flavor text. No institution, however grand, can withstand the collective will of the people. Hey, uh, unrelated to anything in this episode tonight, fun fact, did you know that the Communist Party of the United States of America was founded in 1919? Hmm. 
Good to know. I did know that, actually. And speaking of the Communist Party, if you would like to pay into our collective. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry, but you try. You try. You're going to segue from the Communist Party into please pay us. <laughs> I'm sorry, you already, you did, I don't need to do a fake kind of segue, because you just tried to spin communism into our Patreon, which is very funny. Unfortunately, uh, capitalism did reassert itself. Uh, by the way, thanks to a massive influx of federal spending on the populace, we're glossing over the part where it was because the United States turned into a war machine, but, um, <laughs> uh, okay, point is capitalism. Uh, we live in a capitalist hellscape, and it costs money to to run the show. And uh, uh, you know, we are super thankful for the uh, people who uh, volunteer to help that out because we do provide the show for free. Um, so, if you would like to help support the show because you love us, um, or maybe you have nefarious reasons for supporting our show, I don't know you. Maybe it's a money laundering scheme. We're teaching you how to do crimes anyway, basically. So uh, you can Allegedly. head over to Patreon. Alleged? No, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can head over to patreon.com slash Vorthoscast and help support us today. Uh, everyone who does gets access to our Discord community where Vorthoses from around the world are allegedly on their best behavior. And definitely not planning elaborate schemes that span the globe. Um, they're not actually, we're having a good time with the set. The set just popped out on Arena. It's out in paper. People are building decks. The, you know, theorizing things that might happen after the story. Uh, you know, where we're, things are juicing up with Phyrexia. And, and so, uh, if you want a place where you can talk to other wonderful Vorthoses, we've got that for you. I'm really excited for our five-year hiatus from any Phyrexian plots that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Spoilers. <laughs> so yeah, by the time you're listening, the full set will be available on Arena, and also by the time you're listening, maybe Lorelai will have released their uh, tweet list of uh, tweets no, about that. I'm doing it tomorrow. It I didn't have time today. I, did, I have a very good reason why why I did not have it on Tomorrow on for the listeners is like three days ago. Right. Were you doing crimes? No, I wasn't doing crimes. Um, You'll see. Allegedly. I will, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll include that in the the tweet about this episode. So go <laughs> check below if you're on Twitter. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to to plug Lorelai's Twitter account. Go follow Lorelai. Thank Don't you. Follow me I t- at Lorelai. Thank you all for listening. Ho, ho. Been- hold on, hold on, Jay. No, 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 no. You can't just end it like that. <laughs> you can't. I'm. We're doing all this effort to plug my Twitter account. You just talk over the part where I tell people what it is. It's at Lorelei Writes. L-O-R-E-L-E-Y Writes. Uh, W-R-I-T-E-S. I'm, I'm a writer, you see. It's clever. No, anyway. Not a rights activist. Not an activist. Go. Allegedly. Go. Thank you all for listening. This has been The Crime Cast. What? What? No. <laughs> what?